0: Welcome to What the Foster, a podcast dedicated to giving a voice to the voiceless. This season, we're focusing on the often unheard and invisible population of youth currently or formerly in foster care. With all the misconceptions about foster care out there, we think these stories will shed some light on what it really means to spend time in the system. What the Foster is produced by Umbrella, a New Jersey foster care nonprofit, and I'm Rachel Turan. This week we're talking about time and care, what children experience when they have no choice but to live within the foster care system. Earlier on, we saw Casey leave a group home in search of a less restrictive environment. In foster care, there is now a push towards creating an atmosphere of normalcy for children. Legislation like the Family First Prevention Services Act, which we spoke about in episode one, works to keep children in kinship homes, effectively reducing states' reliance on group homes. Here, Shakri describes similar strangeness in his group home experience.
1: Living in the first group home I was living in, it wasn't really too bad. You know, it was good. I will say the only bad thing about it is how like the staff used to probably follow around everywhere you go, except for the bathroom. Um, You couldn't go upstairs to your room alone. One of them would have to go up with you and wait outside the hallway. Another thing is, you know, you couldn't just walk in the kitchen and just make yourself food. They would have to get up and do it for you, which they did every single time. Um, You couldn't just go downstairs and wash your clothes by yourself. Those are the bad things about it. But the good things about it is that like, you know, you got all your your basic uh, needs there. You know, you need to clothes, wash, or you need a food, or you, know, you got shelter, got a place to, um, you know, just come home to.
0: PACE's coach Narissa Jones, who works one-on-one with foster youth, explains how her students feel about group homes.
2: Group homes, most of the time the structure and the fact that there's, so, there's, probably, there's more kids there, um, get a little bit more of a maybe negative light put on it or a little bit more frustration from the students.
0: When Shakri returned from Woodbridge, he moved to a foster home in Jersey City. Many foster youth experience multiple placements with an average of four to six placements during their time in care.
1: Before I came to Strong Futures, I was in a foster home. I lived on a Union in Garfield with Miss Esterville, nice lady, Haitian lady. The first home is not really botched by the state, like, you're really living with, you know, someone that you don't know at all, you know, never heard about, you can't even call one of your relatives and see if they know about them, no. You're really in their house, in a room that they're, you know, offering up to you by the state and, you know, you live with them and being in foster homes, home sometimes they don't necessarily have to cook for you if they don't want to. You know, ultimately, you know, it's all up to depend on parent. You know, they'll give you more freedom to like go to the refrigerator, go to the bathroom or whatever. They they won't follow you around the house. But still, it's like sometimes, depending on your age and depending on the person, the connection might not even be there from the beginning. So I remember living in Miss Esterville's house and, you know, I would just come in from work, come in from school and, you know, just go straight to my room. So I would say that group homes are better than foster homes.
0: Despite the current federal push away from congregate care, Shakri preferred his experiences in group homes. Foster homes and group homes are held to different state standards and regulations. As we mentioned in episode two, group homes statistically provide worse outcomes than traditional foster care for youth. However, this wasn't exactly the case for Shakri, As illustrated by the differing opinions among foster youth, codifying normalcy is not a black and white situation. There is no one size fits all solution and child welfare organizations have difficulty determining the best practices. Shakri also says that you really don't understand a group home until you're living in one.
1: Sometimes, if you never experienced it before, living in a group home or living in a foster home, and your only would experience would be from like TV or reading a book or something. But when you're actually there, you're sitting around, you know, children that's younger than you or people that's older than you, and staff taking care of you and how they treat you, and you know, it just starts to shift your mind like, oh, this is real. And, you know, if, if you don't start to go the right way, your children might end up here as well, you know? So that was one thing and, you know, it's, it's a new reality. Once you're you're sitting somewhere where it's not your family, you don't know anyone and you're put in a situation, you know, and it's, it's, it's easy to give up. It's real easy to give up and it's hard to push, you know, especially when you don't have the support too. While I was in first home and group homes. I wasn't really in much contact with other relatives.
0: Shakri also had a child to look after during his time in care. His daughter wasn't allowed to stay overnight at many of the homes he was in. The rules for kids in care with children of their own perpetuate the cycle of non normalcy, with Shakri's child also not experiencing a quote normal childhood.
1: You know, living in certain foster homes and having a child, it don't really accommodate your child. You know, the system isn't set up like that. It's just set up to, you know, shield you, make sure. You that person have shelter. So being in a group home, any group home or first home I was in, my daughter wasn't able to come over. So I used to have to bring my daughter to other relatives' houses spend the night.
0: Narissa chimed in on the difficulties that foster youth with their own children may face.
2: I think there's difficulty, you know, there's more worries that they have to have now on top of navigating placements, navigating not having the supports, that kind of thing.
0: Shakri left his foster home and moved into Strong Futures, a group home organized by Catholic Charities. In this group home, he also faced some challenges at first.
1: It was a point of time when I first moved there, I was about to get discharged from that group home as well. I was about to get into an altercation with one of my uh, residents there. You know, they gave me another chance and I, I took it. And I'm still holding on to that chance now to this day.
0: The structure at Strong Futures resonated with Shakri, who had experienced very little stability in the past.
1: Uh, Strong Futures is just like, just cool, because we got to be our own person there, you know. Uh, there wasn't staffs following us around everywhere, you know, we could come in. We had certain rules, like one, great rules, like we had to be active, meaning outside the house for at least 25 hours a week. So you couldn't just stay in the house all day, you know, things like that. So that forced you to do something. Uh, we had a great program manager miss Kathy. Um uh, miss Kathy, you know, you have to be in school, you have to be working, you know, you have to be working towards something. You know, you can't just be sitting at home. So that that was great um
0: Again, Narissa had some insight.
2: The group home, the structure works for some students. And maybe in the beginning they're a little bit more resistant, but you see over time like, "Okay, they're actually really they they start to thrive in that environment."
0: A big part of Shakri's ability to thrive in the group home was that for once he felt like people believed in him.
1: I actually had a story written about me because that's when I started to change and uh, I received an award called the Rising Star Award. They started believing in me and it was actually like the first people I felt to start believing in me um, between like out of anyone out of my family or anybody that was close to me besides like my girlfriend.
0: Around this time, Shakri started to evaluate his situation and determine what he wanted out of life. That meant reevaluating the choices that he was making on a daily basis.
1: You know, I was looking at my life and looking at the people around me and how far they got and looking at my current situation and saying to myself, you know, well, how can you make this better, you know? And
0: something his sister Kayla said too really stuck with him.
1: You know, Shakri, you can sell as much weed as you want to and you know, you could buy as many clothes and cars and all that, and you open up your business, whatever you want to do. But she said, once you get locked up, you can't do nothing with it. They take all that away, and then you start from the bottom. She said, you get a college degree, and you get locked up a thousand times, when you come out, the college degree is still yours. You know, can't nobody take it from you once you earned it.
0: Paces coach Christina Riley sees firsthand how many of her students struggle with their college aspirations. As we saw earlier with Casey, many foster youth have a strong desire to pursue post-secondary education. Unfortunately, not very many actually graduate.
3: A lot of the times, I think that youth, no matter what they're doing, they do want more for themselves. Um, It's just whether they feel like they can access the resources to help them get more for themselves. And that's a big part of the reason why Paces was developed too. It's like the statistics of foster youth were like 50% graduate high school and then 50% of those kids go on to college and then like 3% of those kids actually finish college.
0: Narissa has seen a similar trend among her students.
2: General trend is like they they want a career for themselves. They want to better their future in a way. Um, And whether it's, you know, community college are going away to school, like they see it the same.
1: I saw college as opportunity. I can recall one experience staying at my sister's Kyra house with my daughter, and I'm just saying like, you know what, I'm going to college. Like no matter what, no matter what it takes, I'm going to college.
0: So looking into the round eyes of his young daughter, Shakri saw hope for the future, and he made the life-changing decision to go to college. When we last heard from Ananda, she had just been hospitalized by her father after running away, after having been moved from her home in New Hampshire to her father's house in New Jersey. With her hospitalization, the state became involved in her case. She was now facing the unexpected reality of becoming a foster child. Ananda's first foster home was on the border of Clifton and Patterson, New Jersey.
4: The first one, it was an older lady and she had another Young girl, and then she had her daughter, who was an adult, and she had a daughter. In terms of cleanliness, it was gross, um, and it was just like really run down. It was just, it was gross. Like I don't understand how she was able to be a foster parent. It was awkward. It was uncomfortable. Um, it was like kind of being placed in like the same like situation with my dad, just with different people. I didn't want to be there. I think I ran from there too. I think I didn't come back from school. Like I had packed stuff and I was like, I'm not going back. And then they put out like a thing with the cops and stuff. I was probably at a friend's house. I know that I left and that's like how they were like, okay, we're gonna find you a different home and this time you have to stay there. And then before they said that they couldn't find me a home so then they would have to put me in like a group home or a shelter. They said that my age was a problem because most foster parents don't wanna take in like a teenager. It might sound strange
0: hearing a phrase like, my age's a problem, coming from a 15-year-old girl in need of a safe and stable home. However, it's a sadly common refrain we've heard all too often. The age of foster youth can be a deterrent on them finding a home, as the majority of foster parents often look to foster younger children. Because they couldn't find a foster parent willing to take a teenager, Ananda was placed in a group
4: home. It wasn't horrible. Um, there was like one other person there, like two, two other kids there. And the staff, they didn't really care like, about you, so um, we kind of could do what we want, like watch TV whenever, say like, okay, that's fine. Couldn't leave or else that's considered running away. If you wanted to go out, you would have to go out with the staff and they didn't take you out, like, they didn't take you out, so if you left, it's on to
0: you. In the group home, Ananda felt powerless.
4: I felt that I had no control, especially when they told me where I was going and that, you know, in order to get to school, you have to meet up with someone and they have to bring you to school. And then in order to get back to like my belongings, because that was like a major thing, like I wanted my things, I didn't. If I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna take my things with me. And like, I felt like I didn't have control of that. In terms of like, so I like, move in and then I have to go to school but if I pack all my things it's very obvious and they're not gonna take me to school and then I'm gonna be stuck like those were my thoughts and I was like I just felt stuck and trapped
0: for many foster youth running away can provide a sense of comfort and control And the punitive process that the state takes towards runaways is not always helpful Christina was able to shed some light on why youth in care run away
3: Um, Unfortunately, I'd say the two two or three top reasons why kids run is control and behavioral issues. Um, They're at this point where they've bounced around so much they don't feel like you can tell them where they can stay because they've been pretty much running the streets uh, since they've turned a certain age. Uh, Drug abuse, kids who just can't stay in the same place for too long because they need to go out and use. Um, And especially in Southern Ocean County, there's an opiate epidemic that, unfortunately, kids are just. Getting involved in at way too young of an age, kind of it's very much a trial and error process with runaways. And uh, the way we deal with it in New Jersey is like we can charge youth who are chronic runaways. So then they end up with a rap sheet.
0: Eventually, Ananda was moved from the group home and placed with a foster family in Patterson.
4: Um, they were older. It was a couple. They've been married. They had like a few. They only took in younger kids, and they had a younger girl there when I got there. And at first it was okay, so I was like okay, like I'm in Patterson, I'm back in a surrounding that I at least am familiar with and I'm like okay, like I can meet up with my friends, I can do this, I can do that. I kind of have control now just in case this doesn't work out for me. Um, but they were very strict, they didn't want me to work and I finally got a job and they complained about that. They said that they were gonna lock the door if like I would get like back from work too late, lock the door and not let me in.
0: Ananda went to her caseworker to advocate for her right to work.
4: But she was like, yeah, I'm going to talk to them. I'm going to let them know that, like, you do need to work, and it will keep you occupied and keep you out of trouble. Um, I don't know if that conversation actually ever happened. And they kept saying, well, maybe this isn't going to work out, and maybe you should probably go to a different home or somewhere closer to where you work. They had requested that I be moved.
0: Anando was being removed again. And while it seems quick, it is often difficult to be the parent of a teenager, biological or foster. And resource parents don't always have the necessary training to deal with more extreme behavioral problems. Christina talked about some reasons that things can be difficult for resource
3: parents. I've met some really phenomenal resource parents who have patience of saints. And we have to understand as care providers, like, people have a threshold. It's not going to be the same threshold that we have and things happen in home that don't happen during your one or two-hour meetings per month. Um, But when it comes down to the point where the person is requesting removal of a youth, you're just like, oh, not again, because you wish that there are things that could have been done differently, and you could have every service provider known to man open for the youth therapy, CMO, uh, paces, life skills, everything to try and make them more independent, but sometimes it's just not all that they need. You know, they have training that they're required to have, but it doesn't go much further than that, so we can't expect them to be as understanding or deal with as much as we would because that's just really not what they've signed up for. They signed up to do what they are capable of providing for a kid, and when they feel like that they're not capable of it or that the kid needs a higher level of care or something like that, they unfortunately have to go forward with the process of maybe adjusting the placement, and as much as the kids act like they don't care, they do.
0: you know. With this removal, Ananda was in need of a home again, and she found it in an unlikely place.
4: During this time, I was in trouble so much that one of the people in the web like brought me to this counselor, and he was like, you know, if you have issues, talk to him so we can avoid seeing you in the web. And I was like, okay. Um, so then after that, there was like me and him basically got close and he, I told him my situation and like he started getting really involved in terms of like making sure that like I was getting what I needed if the foster parents weren't doing that for me and whatnot. And I think when they had requested for me to move, he said that he'll take me and then I ended up living with him for a little bit.
0: We aren't sure if the state oversaw and approved this living situation, but again, things weren't perfect.
4: We argued a lot because we were in each other's space that we've never been in. So we, you know how they say you don't really know someone until you live with them? That's kind of like what happened. And then I would always threaten to like, leave. I'll be like, I'll just get another home. That's fine, like whatever. And so we would argue about that. And I still had a worker. It wasn't like he like, had rights or like anything like that. Like I still had a worker and if this didn't work out, then I would have to move again. It wasn't like it didn't work out because like, um, he didn't want me there, but we, were, we came to the, the agreement that this wasn't gonna work. Like, I just, I wasn't happy, he wasn't happy.
0: So, Ananda moved again. This was her sixth home in about two and a half years. Christina spoke with us about how often youth in care move from
3: home to home. In two and a half years, you would like a kid to be in one home for two and a half years. Uh, have I heard of worse? Absolutely, like I know a kid who was in 20, 30 plus homes in three years. The more turmoil and transition they have to go through in a shorter period of time, the harder it is for them to adjust and build those kinds of bonds and relationships with people that they should consider their caretakers. But in reality, they become their own caretaker and they don't want, they're very resistant to the idea of having someone else taking care of them.
0: After moving out of her counselor's home, Ananda arrived in what would be her last formal foster home.
4: Um, the last home that, like, I remember being in. Um, well, I was like seventeen. I was turning eighteen in like a few months. The house, like, it wasn't bad. Like, the lady, she had like three of her own kids and two adopted kids, and then at the time there was like another kid that was leaving. And she had never taken in like a kid as old as I was because it was an issue for most foster parents. Um, And I stayed there for about like eight months, almost nine months. It was really nice, like really, really nice. And the house and the area was nice. Like it was something that I was used to and I was comfortable in. Um, And she had an older son who had guy friends, older guy friends my age. So I was able to like meet new people and like occupy my time. So I wasn't stuck in a house. I wasn't stuck in a situation where I was uncomfortable and, and I got my license that time too. So I, and then I bought a car. But then there's a breakdown in communication
0: when Ananda goes to Florida to see her family for Christmas.
4: And then we did not communicate because I had left to go to Florida with my family to have Christmas that year and when I came back we got into an argument about something very little and she was like you basically ran away for Christmas and I was like how did I run away I was with my family I'm sorry that you maybe wanted me to spend it with your family but at the end of the day I'm basically an adult and like you guys are not my family.
0: It's possible that Ananda may not have understood the legal process of alerting caseworkers, foster parents, and receiving approval from judges to take trips.
4: Then after that, it was like a few weeks later and she was like, "Mm, it's not going to work out. And I was like, that's fine. I didn't think it was going to work out. It's
0: not easy to form bonds with strangers in any situation, let alone after being removed from your mother's home and later institutionalized by your father. Christina explained the attitude
3: youth take to defend themselves in these situations. I've had youth in the past who have been in and out of the shelter program that I work for. And they'll talk more about being placed with us than they will be about resource placement because, you know, in their mind those people gave up or, you know, it was their fault or they didn't get them. And they're like, forget those people, they're in the past.
0: Ananda also felt like her caseworkers had
4: failed her. They didn't care like where they placed me, they didn't care about the environment like if staying in Patterson was gonna be a good thing for me or if moving to a town, a small town where it's something I'm used to and I can get comfortable with and I'm like okay I can work with this, they didn't care about that. They didn't care about me as a person, Um, most of the workers that I had didn't care except for the last one that I have now, best one I've ever had.
0: It's not uncommon for a teenager to feel like people around them have failed them, especially a teen who has been let down and abandoned by multiple adults. We asked what it made her feel like her caseworkers didn't care.
4: Their actions, the way they spoke to me, um, the way they wouldn't return my calls when I had a serious problem and I needed someone, I needed an adult because I didn't have any other adults and they were the person I was supposed to go to. They wouldn't pick up my calls, um, they wouldn't check on me, ask me if I'm okay, if I needed anything. It was everyone else at school, like with the counselor or someone else that I had to go to to make sure that like I got what I needed and it wasn't them. When you're a teenager and then you have these adults who have degrees and they have a job and they have a title and they're trying to tell you, especially with no experience in being a foster kid trying to tell you like how you need to be in order to make it out when they've never been in. I didn't trust them. Social work is not an easy field.
0: As we've mentioned before, caseworkers in many states feel the pressure of hopelessly overwhelming caseloads, which make it nearly impossible to get everything done and can make it difficult for the youth they work with to feel genuinely supported. Ananda felt right not to trust her
4: workers because of the experiences she'd had with them. There's a few instances where I was right not to trust a worker or someone who says that they're on my team. I had one worker, he was a guy, and I was very vulnerable in his eyes and a situation came up and he got fired in the end, I guess you could say. I I wouldn't say harassment because it was, like, not consensual, but like I was okay with what happened. Right. But I was so young too and I was like, power yeah, and I was thinking like, okay, well if I do this, then I can get this and I'm gonna get the help that I want and he's gonna do that for me and get it. That's what I thought, because I was young, but.
0: Narissa was extremely upset to hear about this experience.
2: Um, I know for me it's incredibly frustrating when I see it, you know, that makes me mad, like, <laughs> incredibly mad, because you know, it's total abuse of power and and just, you know, that caregivers should be there to support and to help and to, you know, when to help them succeed and set themselves, set, set these students up for success for after when they're not involved and, um, you know, so it's incredibly important, I think. And then it's another added, like, concrete adult that these, adolescents can rely on that they might not have. Sometimes there are situations where the student only has, like, me and the caseworker in their lives, and that's it. And, you know, you want that relationship between the both of, you know, both, you know, with the Paces coach and and the student and with the caseworker and the student to be a good one, um, simply because they don't really have anybody else.
0: At this point, Ananda became eligible for independent living, which we explained back in episode two when Casey became eligible for a program as well.
4: I knew about it because they had always talked about it because of the difficulty in finding a home for me at my age, and they were like, well, maybe we can get you into it early, but not really. I went to my best friends, and they considered that my independent living.
0: Ananda says that at this time, she wasn't in a very good place emotionally.
4: I didn't care, I didn't care where I ended up, because I didn't expect this to be like my story for Jersey. Like, I expected something completely different. I expected to come here, live in a nice house, and go to school, like, do normal teenager things, and not have this bad of a story for my teenage years, I guess.
0: Ananda was facing a difficult time emotionally, and with good reason. Her life had been turned upside down, and she wasn't sure what the future held. That's all for this week. Next week we will hear about Shakri and Ananda's hopes for the future. Here's a clip of what you can expect.
1: I received a call back from a teacher named Mr. Jakinki, And Mr. Jakinki was offering me a paid internship from a Standard Task Program.